Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We want to talk about uh, an ongoing concern and a problem that, uh, well, is is a major problem. Some suggest even a crisis. Almost two-thirds of opioid overdoses in this city involve residents in the lower part of the city, the old downtown of Hamilton, of course. Uh, data, uh, this is uh, data that was gathered, of course, during the spec and uh, their uh, series over the last couple of years about dealing with poverty and uh, dealing with challenges in the city. But the question, obviously, that has to be asked here is, uh, are we doing enough to try to curb this? The numbers in Hamilton are staggering, quite frankly, and higher than the provincial average. Jason Farr is the counselor for that area in Ward 2 in downtown. He joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about the issue. Uh, Jay, thanks for the time. Good to have you with us again today. Yeah, thank you, Bill. This is a really, I, I guess, a confirmation of stuff that you and I have already talked about, that there's, there's a concentration of, of, of uh, the, the, the poor people that, are, of course, are stumbling along trying from day to day to survive because of the, their, their addiction to painkillers and things of this nature. Um, and and I, I guess the, I want to ask you the very question I think everybody's asking, are we doing enough? Uh, well, clearly when we're seeing uh, the statistics, and first and foremost, I think there's this confirmation that we're talking about here, Bill, due in a large part uh, by the good investigative journalism of uh, Mr. Buston, the Hamilton Spectator. Mm-hmm. So credit to Steve, who puts uh, numbers and graphs and, and names and faces and neighborhoods uh, all in one place, the spec, and allows us to, uh, you know, in a more uh, concise way, sort of uh, as a community, as a people in Hamilton, uh, take a look at uh, exactly where and what the problems are. So uh, hats off to Steve's continued uh, work after 10 years of the original code uh, read. Uh, so I would answer your question. Yeah, I, I, We're clearly not doing enough in this community. Perhaps other communities, Rust Belt communities, uh, are, are faced with the same challenges, particularly in their older parts of the city. And uh, that's where the focus is here, I'm sure, with most of our conversation. You're talking to the downtown councillor. But the other question I might have especially after 10 years. And, and Bill, you and I spoke uh, when when Steve wrote his first review a couple of months ago of what's gone on over the last 10 years and really only one category of 10 that were looked at. Uh, we put a dent in. We, we made some progress. The rest, we were going the wrong direction. So one of the questions I asked then and I continue to ask now is, what have we done, and do we need to be looking at uh, certain areas in different ways? Certainly, we have very qualified qualified people in in our, our EMS, our ECS, our, our our public health. There's a lot of folks at the Hamilton collaborating with McMaster University, who who Steve Bust collaborates with regularly, and other huge partners in the community who very uh, clearly care about the, these issues, these social determinants of health issues. But you know, for ten years, we've invested as taxpayers, frankly, millions and millions and millions of dollars in, in direct spending to tackle issues and even in, in spending on, in peripheral ways, hiring certain people who we feel would be most effective in leading uh, teams to, to tackle specific issues related to the Code Red series. So I think, you know, after 10 years, when, when someone like Steve can step forward, spend a great deal of time and energy working with partners in the community to review these issues, we could do the same, and, and certainly those are questions that I'm, I'm, I have been asking for the last few months, and I'm hopeful for some responses uh, uh, pretty soon, whether it's from, from health or even, uh, believe it or not, our own um, 
our own auditor, our own external auditor with the city of Hamilton, who could, who, who I think would be giddy to sort of tackle this work. He's more than qualified on, you know, where where we put dollars and and why wasn't it effective? And certainly, when you're asking those questions, those are auditing type questions, and I think they're probably the most important because it's related to public health. Well, it wouldn't be at all surprising. Yesterday on the program, we talked about uh, the the hotline that's being established now to mm-hmm. try to to get value for dollar and to try to create some sense of transparency. And I, I know that you're fully supportive of that idea. I wouldn't be at all surprised if a number of those calls to that hotline are going to be pertaining to some of the issues that are happening in downtown. Opioids is, is one of them, but I mean, we, we're talking about housing, affordable housing, a number yeah. of different issues like this, uh, rental properties, and and a number of, of of concerns that you've got right now. And I know. I know we've talked to the medical officer of health. We've talked to Dr. Richardson about this. Uh, we've talked to a number of staff people. But at the same time, when you see these numbers, uh, and, and again, as you've indicated, it looks to a certain extent as if you're spinning your wheels, and not for lack of trying. But, I mean, I, I guess what we have to ask ourselves now is with what the city has done in the last 10 years, Jay, are you putting the resources in the right spot? Yeah, and, and that's exactly where my focus is. You know, it's it's not something any of us are proud of uh, to see these statistically, for the most part, to see these statistics go in the wrong direction. So you, you do need to take a look at what you've done, what has been effective, what, what may be because of investments take some time, uh, effective in the near or, or midterm, um, and we should keep doing, and other things where maybe it would have been smarter to uh, invest in this direction or that direction. I don't have, obviously, any of the answers right now, to be totally frank, Bill, but I think we have started the conversation already internally here at City Hall, and I think within the coming months we should at least uh, have some message to the public that we are reviewing what we've done because it has not been uh, successful, and and frankly, it has not been for a lack of effort. And You've talked to the Paul Johnsons over the years, the the Terry Cooks over the years, the Docs from from McMaster, uh, Steve himself, and so many other partners. Uh, uh, Dr. Richardson, I've heard many of your conversations. This is an important issue in our community, and obviously CHML is going to cover it uh, broadly, but it is 10 years, statistically again, and you can, you can hear it in my voice. It really bothers me that, that we haven't succeeded given the, the, the concerted effort by so many people and so many teams and leaders in and outside City Hall as well. These partnerships you know, haven't been all, all as effective as we would have hoped for, especially in the first few years of the 10 years where we paid very close attention to this, where we changed literally, we, we started the neighborhood program, we hired certain individuals. Uh, uh, to, to, to focus and tackle the, uh, these issues due to their expertise. And so, you know, when we're looking at what we're looking at, even today, and this is just yet another uh, review today, I'm sure Steve will have more, Code Red, 10 years later, the things that, the, that, that maybe some of us elected officials aren't, aren't uh, uh, evaluating, but you read about in the series, uh, Dr. O'Shea, as you probably um, learned, and you've probably spoken to him in the past, this mm-hmm. is the doc who infectious diseases, internal medicine, and he deals mostly with uh, the vulnerable population. Well, he said today that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, of deaths, opioid-related deaths in his determination that are associated to addiction-related infections or suicides that aren't counted in Steve's totals and the work that's being done on the Code Red series. So, uh, you know, that's one of the most alarming things that, you know, that we're learning today when, when we think about, you know, you know, patients who, I think there was a reference to someone who had an issue with a heart valve, who initially uh, entered the hospital 
uh, with an opioid-related crisis, but it was uh, the work on the heart and the valve that ultimately caused the, the untimely death, and that's not counted statistically. So where are we even there? I mean, what we're looking at today is alarming enough, particularly with the lower city bill. It's even more alarming when you have very qualified people like Dr. O'Shea suggesting it could be even higher. Well, and I guess what we have to ask ourselves here is where are you going next? I mean, it's uh, the easy answer is, well, we should put more money into this. And, and you know that that's going to be somewhat of a challenge. I mean, the provincial government's already talked about some cutbacks to public health that I'm sure are going to have some impacts on some of the strategies that you want to employ down there. Uh, you need partnerships, and that includes the federal and the, the provincial government, uh, to suggest that we can do this all by ourselves within the city, within the budget that's allotted already right now, I think is, is really, uh, that's, that's a rather naive approach. And I know that's not your approach to this right now, but it seems to be uh, where we are. Um, and, you know, when you start looking to the province and the federal government and say, are you guys going to help out here? Uh, we're not getting much response. No, I mean, there are areas. A, on, on answering your question, I've already had conversations with our, our, our auditor, our internal, I think I called him external, Charles Brown earlier, and you talked about uh, the, the, the auditing that he's doing now community-wide and asking, you know, folks to participate when they catch fraud, and I think that's a great program that he himself initiated. He's a, he's a doer, and, and, and he's fascinated by the question that I asked. After actually speaking with you some months back on the Steve Buse column here, Bill, what would it take to take a look at the investments we made in the last 10 years, take a look at those partnerships, take a look at the ideas that we invested in some cases millions of taxpayers' dollars into that weren't effective, where those ideas came from, and where we might consider uh, making making investments that that pr- prove to be more uh, fruitful and and uh, that's that's a conversation I think he's you know we've already had and it's a, it's a, it's not a direction at this point but it's certainly something that he's qualified to do. B and as you and I have talked about in the past, we do have at least uh, federally uh, uh, some commitments and and provincially once the application is set uh, to to do that what we've been trying to do for some months now, uh, produce a, a full-time, more um, in line with uh, public health direction, uh, opioid uh, safe injection and treatment site. So we're closing in on a location, Bill. I can't offer much more right there. Once we have that, we can put the application to the province for the 100% funding. Council has already resolved to head in this direction. We've already uh, associated where the best location is and with returns with respect to a map in, in the wards two and three area. And uh, we're, we're closing in on that. And certainly we do have federal and provincial help potentially. We certainly qualify anyway, Bill. So there's there are areas where, you know, we have some very smart people municipally, particularly working out of public health with a lot of other municipal partners, both internally and externally, who are already well prepared to put that application out there and receive the, the funds and support from both the provincial and federal uh, level for these sites. And but, but that particular subject is almost uh, symptomatic of some of the larger problems, though, Jay, because look at how long it's taken. And there has been pushback, uh, not on council, thankfully, but members of the community. As you've reached out to some of those pro- uh, uh, proposed partners, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them say, no, we don't want any part of that. We don't want that there. We don't want this here. There's a lot of nimbyism that, uh, that seems to be associated with this. And until we overcome that, I don't know that we're going to actually be able to crack this nut. Well, it's it, that has been one of the most unfortunate and in some cases surprising for me parts because some of these are organizations, and I'm not going to name them, but uh, some folks are associated to organizations who have been doing traditionally for decades great work 
that is aligned with uh, this very issue, with, with overdose issues and, and opioid-related overdose issues. So hopeful that, uh, and I, I don't want to name them because it's not really, uh, it, it's not at a point where we're getting an all flat-out no. I think it's just about getting together, coming to uh, 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 terms, sitting at the same table, and 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 best uh, uh, elaborating uh, what we know from either side and find some middle ground and, and and I think some common sense will definitely prevail because there's some pretty smart people like I say on both sides of this so I I I I, 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 I remain positive what's frustrating is is the length of time it takes fortunately specific to opioid uh, uh, safe consumption and treatment we obviously do already have a location with Urban Core doing a very good job downtown. Uh, at John and Rebecca, the former bus station. So it's not like we are without in this community, but we do know in in time that location is going to move to about the Sherman and uh, or the Wentworth and, and uh, Cannon area. So 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 we're actively engaging uh, on, on all fronts to try to make it happen. And I think I heard yesterday, Bill, that we actually statistically have seen a drop in in, in opioid related deaths over the course of the last few months in in this area. Uh, that said, there. There are many things relatable to that, but uh, one might surmise, if one wants to look at the glass half full, that it is effective, the safe uh, injection and treatment sites, that it is preventing opioid-related deaths. Uh, time will tell. That it tends to be a roller coaster ride, but when you're looking at, you know, statistically opioid overdoses in Hamilton continuing to go up from 2012, as Steve reports today, uh, through 2017, 335 deaths were well above the provincial average. We had 88 and 2017, and he didn't report on it, but he mentions it in in the Code Red 10 years later uh, report today. In 2018, that 88 from 2017, opioid-related deaths, most of them here in the heart of the city, went up to 122. So, so overall averages continue to rise, notwithstanding every now and again we see a blip, and we're hopeful that those blips represent sort of, sort of some long-term changes in, with, re, with relation to what is clearly, and I think you agree, Bill, a crisis. Well, absolutely. And uh, I, I guess it doesn't really help the situation either when the Premier doesn't seem to have that much faith in the idea about safe injection sites either, at least with, with what he's told us over the last year and a half or so. Anyway, uh, it'd be nice and probably much more fruitful if we had everybody on the same page. Uh, absolutely. I mean... We do have that opportunity to apply. I, I don't want to rock that boat uh, the, the, because the, they would be the 100% funders. That, 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 that That's at least for the safe injection and consumption site. Uh, the prevailing issues related to opioid uh, uh, use, opioid death. Uh, he, uh, it seems that the current Ontario government is focusing on treatment, and that's fine. We put that in the, the overall objectives of these safe injection sites, now called safe injection treatment sites. However, However, uh, more compassion from every every uh, corner, obviously, would would be of uh, great assistance to all of us. We, like I say, very very dedicated uh, uh, people. Some of these meetings that I have right here in my office with Michelle Baird and and and, and even her partner, Dr. Jill from the uh, the Social Health Network and others, it gets pretty emotional. I mean, there are some folks that are are wearing their hearts on their sleeves and and are very very dedicated to this and and day in day out you know hitting roadblocks and climbing over them and and so it's 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 I can tell you from a municipal level there is a lot of folks that are are focused and dedicated on this and to go full circle on our conversation it is always hopeful to see these as much as they're hard to look at bill 
10 years later, the Code Red report from Steve and the Hamilton Spectator and the work they're doing collaboratively with McMaster Health Sciences is, is, is key. Well, it, it absolutely is, and, and it, we, we have to have those numbers, and we have to have that barometer, but uh, clearly an awful lot of work uh, still to be done on this. Uh, Jason Farr, of course, is the counsel for downtown. Jay, as always, thanks for the time today. Thank you, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.